Yo, what's up? Uh, what the fuck am I doing? I, I did Barbenheimer today, finally. Um, buh, 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 buh. I did Barbenheimer today. And it was pretty good, not gonna lie. I think um, I posted a story after each to my Instagram stories. Uh, and I like, gave it a rating. I gave both of them a 9 and a 10, like right after I'm walking out. But I gotta stop doing that. Because when I leave, like after I'm leaving theater, I always have a higher, uh, a higher impression of whatever movie I just saw. Then I actually, like, it settles. Usually it settles and drops after a little bit of time, you know? Like, my, my rating. Like, it's not concrete once I leave. It's still volatile. So I give them both a 9 out of 10. I still think in some ways I'd give both of them a 9 out of 10. But Barbie, I would give, uh... Here's the thing. Barbie has problems, okay? It does, Right? That's not lost to me, and I knew that while watching it. I was like, yeah, no, it's got a couple problems here, for sure. But, as a fun comedy, whatever, like, for what it is, it was pretty damn good, and I enjoyed it. I say I enjoyed it basically 9 out of 10, right? Like, when I wasn't, like, kind of cringing, I mean, even the cringe stuff was, like, intentional. So, when I wasn't, like, cringing at, like, things that seemed, uh preachy or whatever like when i was cringing at some of that like that kind of took me out of it a little bit but otherwise like yeah i think the movie overall nine out of ten oppenheimer fucking indulgent here's the thing right chris nolan does this thing he has this style where he can't sit still um unless it's like a specific scene you know like he can't sit still unless it's uh, a a a specific thing, right? That's the issue with with Chris Nolan. So the way he directs, I mean, obviously, the way he directs and like creates projects is so unbelievably out of this world. Of course, like in the way, like in in direction, in writing, in uh, did he write it? I'm pretty sure he wrote it, right? Did he write Oppenheimer? Let me see. Oppenheimer writer. He did write. Okay. Um. This man can't fucking sit still. <laughs> you know, the way like it's so from the beginning. I was like, oh, this is gonna be fucking. I mean, here's the thing. The pacing is great. Okay, like whatever he does, it works. But. I just, it's just not something that I enjoy so much, where a director can't sit still and, like, let us absorb a scene, right? So I still give the movie a 9 out of 10, I think, right? But again, there are problems, like... Other thing, I, I wish, I wish the, um... I wish he set up Oppenheimer's, like, major, like, the arc... This is other th okay. I know I'm like jumping around. I can't sit still with this thought or with like talking about these movies either. But you know, like who the fuck? I can't sit still when I when I talk about this shit. Sometimes I could delve deep into a, a thing, but whatever. Um, I go on a million different tangents. The thing about it, the thing about it is, 
bi- uh, uh, biopics are hard to do because it's hard to set a good arc for a person who actually lived. Okay? Like, when I think about it, like, what biopics do I really, really like? Damn, I can't think of any right now. What the fuck's wrong with me? Hold on, let me look it up. Biopics. Let's see. Uh, Imitation Game. I absolutely love the Imitation Game. I love Wolf of Wall Street. I love... Moneyball is pretty good. But Itania is really good. But all these movies have a similar problem. I think all these movies, except for Imitation Game, all these movies have, have the same problem. Of when you make a biopic, right? You're talking, you're pulling on someone's actual life. So, um, oh wait, did the Lamborghini movie actually come out already? 2022? Oh, it sucked. 6%? Oh, that sucks. How'd I get a 6% on Rotten Tomatoes? 60% audience score. That's still pretty bad for audience score. Hold on, what the fuck? What is the the consensus? I was looking forward to this movie. I don't know I hear anything about it since it came out. Frank Grillo is Ferruccio Lamborghini. That, yeah, this shit should have been amazing anyway um oh hannah vander westhausen is gorgeous anyway um so the issue with all those movies is that you can't set a clear arc when it's someone's actual life and you can kind of do it but you have to embellish a little bit and pick and kind of pick one of the major events in someone's life and like weave the the internal conflict through that through that uh uh event okay so say with um with uh the imitation game about alan turing one of the things that had that it dealt with in terms of arc was his uh was him being gay right they set that up in the beginning and they come to a conclusion at the end, obviously he he's uh, sent to prison and dies, right? Um, because because he's gay and shit or something, something like that, right? I watched the movie like three or four times. I don't know why I can't fucking remember, but I haven't watched it in years though. Um, like they set up that as a conflict, and then they kind of come to a a conclusion, a, a good stopping point at the end of it, and the, it feels whole right like with all the you know trying to crack the the german uh, code and shit and do all that like and inventing the first computer and do all that stuff yeah that's all great and all but without that like overarching arc the rotation game would not be nearly as good a movie as it is right moneyball moneyball does it as well um with uh what's the name of the guy in moneyball it's not billy bean is it billy bean <laughs> Hold on. Um Moneyball uh main not mean main I can't spell main character Peter Brand that's the name. Okay. In Moneyball 
they set up a bit of the conflict with his family, right? And the reason he didn't end up go going at the end to work, not his family, but specifically his daughter, the reason he didn't end up going to work for uh, the 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 Red Sox or the Yankees or whatever big um, uh, baseball team was going to pay him millions of dollars to go do that is because he wanted to be with his daughter, right? And they set that up from the very beginning, like him being estranged to her, and they resolved that at the end by him making the decision to to stay with his daughter, which is like, great, amazing storytelling. That's how you fucking do it in a biopic, right? The issue with, with this movie is that I don't feel like they set that up, right? It's still a great biopic, and it's a great film, but it lacks the the overarching like like i understand that we're dealing with like the morality of whether or not to do this. and they kind of set up something at the very beginning a little bit which actually now that i think about it, now that i'm talking about it um the whole thing with uh oppenheimer uh, injecting the apple his his uh professor's apple with cyanide and then regretting it and, and trying to stop it that is like perfectly parallel to the setting up of the atomic bomb and then not wanting it to be used, right? Um, it goes with the mora- the morality of it, but the other, but, you know, it's not exactly, you know, I can't say perfectly parallel. It's not exactly one-to-one. Obviously, it's, you know, fucking the scale of it is very different, but also it was with malicious intent in the very beginning, right? With the apple, Versus with the atomic bomb, it wasn't with a malicious intent. It was like, oh, we need to like do this before, before the Germans or the Russians or any other uh, quote unquote evil power gets to gets to it. Uh, the fucking Axis um, gets to gets to do that shit, right? And we want to end World War Two and do all that. And it had bits of that, but if they set up at the very beginning something about like his his wanting to be a martyr because that's what they ended up like pushing on a lot in the last in the in the final act um of the movie was like oh he like um fucking Robert Downey Jr's character is like uh, uh, oh, he wants to be a martyr, but we're not going to let him because he thinks he's better than uh, than us. And if we like make him look bad, he's going to look like this, whatever. Like they didn't set that shit up at the beginning. There, there was nothing to really indicate. Oh, I want to be this martyred individual. At least nothing that I could see. Right? Maybe on a on a rewatch or when I talk to my friends about it, maybe they'll like bring that up to me. But um, yeah, I wish I wish they. there's something that could have been done there. And if they set that up, the movie would be 10 out of 10, absolutely. But 9 out of 10 is the best I'd give it, because otherwise it's really, really damn good. Um, Oh, I guess maybe I could knock down half a point for, like, the the freneticness of it. Right? Because for a three-hour movie, the scenes are very short. Right? I mean, sure, a lot of this, most of the scenes are, like, cut up and, like, you know, spread out throughout the entire movie, like all the interrogation shit, all the stuff where they're talking to panels, all the all those things make sense. But um, but in the very beginning of it, it felt so self indulgent. The fucking like, um, Oppenheimer like in bed and and uh, he can't sleep because he's like thinking of 
he's thinking of like atoms and like particles and explosions and fissures and shit. And it's like, okay, cool, you can have that. But I think this is a weird place to put it at the very, very beginning. Like, I understand you're trying to set up that, oh, he's this like kind of, you know, kooky character. And not kooky, but you know the word I'm trying to go for. Like, he's this very, like, larger than life, like, great thinker of of earth right and he's thinking about these giant crazy quantum physics issues and it's keeping him up at night and he's breaking fucking uh, glasses in the corner of his dorm room and it's like i guess you could have all of that but it just didn't translate because then they humanize him so much throughout the rest of the movie um but those scenes were from before he ever accomplished anything. He was still in school, right? I mean, he accomplished a couple things. Like, he was still, like, well-known or something, but he was still in school. He That's before the fucking um, Trinity test, and that's before uh, the, the whole setup for to even, like, the whole Manhattan Project. Like, that's before all of that, right? So, um, so to set that up there... I felt was really weird. If they had put that after, because they did bring that back, the, the, the like, almost hallucinatory, like, trances he would go into, where he'd, like, focus in on the sounds of things, and, like, and, like other things would, like, fade out, and he would, like, get very quiet, and, like, the fucking effect where the, where the screen was shaking and things like that, and everything around him was distorting. That was interesting, but that should have been, that should have been the first indications we got of the more, of, like, the, PTSD and the mental toll it took on him to like create this project and fucking feel responsible for the deaths of of 200,000 people you know um everything before like it setting that up beforehand just felt kind of dumb if you ask me but again I didn't really look into the history and like how historically accurate this movie is it seems pretty tight right it seems like there are not that many embellishments. It, or, it, or, of course, there are. But it doesn't seem like the movie, or the type of movie, um, or the story itself doesn't seem like the type that is super embellished. A lot of it is very down-to-earth. It's very, like, you know. Which makes me think, like, I mean, maybe if they were to, maybe if Chris Nolan were to decide to, like, have some longer scenes or longer set pieces that we can kind of sit in and just, like, absorb character, right? And not just get it in these, like, quick flashes of, like, okay, this scene and that and that and that and that, and then they're, like, fucking intercutting between each other and they're doing all that shit at a rapid pace with a voiceover going and, like, cuts in between particle effects and things like that. Like, all of that, cool, that's, like, amazing to look at and whatever, but but it's so frenetic, and it and it makes it hard to to latch onto characters um when you do when you start with that shit so early you know um like the scenes that stand out to me the most are the ones where characters are just like sitting in a room talking for a, a relatively extended period of time right or even not sitting in a room there's no scene there are very few uh sequences in this whole movie where it's like scenes are happening 
within within seemingly the same day like in a in a chronological order right and not saying that you have to do it chronologically no you don't have to but like scenes that are like okay this is happening right we're setting up a, a, a micro conflict here and now it has to be solved in this other room or in this other place on uh in the uh campus or this other place in the facility or whatever and they have to like move from here to here to like solve this problem that's going on it very very rarely happens it happens um it doesn't it doesn't even happen when they're like during the trinity test right i mean it kind of does no it kind of does that's the one time is during the tw- the training test about like 10 minutes of that where it's it's pretty linear it's like okay we put the, the we put the fucking bomb in the in the thing right and now we set up the lights and but then they cut to a little later like okay now we got to wait till the morning when this rain clears that scene from the storm that night until the training test is done that i love that because it's unbroken it's not cutting to some other shit going on in some other place with some long ass uh, voiceover going on. Like it's not all this extra shit. It's just the thing. It's just the sequence. And I think that needs uh, that that could have happened a few more times in this movie, and that would have made certain things feel like. The passage of time brings weight. But when you're cutting between so many different time periods and so many different whatevers, it reduces the heft of the overall project. So, um, yeah. I, I, I just wish, like, you would have left some of those, like, left a few more long like 10 15 minute like just swaths of okay it's just straight through no cutting from this to a, a flashback or a flash forward or particle effects or all this other shit like just do this let's focus on the characters that are doing this task and that are involved in this and like let's feel it right let's actually feel it you know um but then again Chris Nolan doesn't do that very often. He he just fucking... <laughs> like, I love his work, obviously, right? But in everything, in Inception, in in um, in um um the last one, Tenet... Oh, Tenet was the worst at this. Tenet was the absolute worst. I felt no connection to this entire thing. One reason, because um the main character was so fucking bland and boring... Zdenko was literally called the protagonist and had no other name. It was like, I don't know how anyone enjoyed this movie when the main character had zero personality and we didn't get any chance to like really sit with the other characters and enjoy and learn and like feel their presence and like their their weight and their history because the shit is just so frenetic. It's just like, okay, scene. Now we're going to cut to this other city and then we're going to come back to the, and it's just like you know and Tenet is a lot more linear than the other movies right except the fact that it does the whole backward shit and all that but 
the scenes are so short and it's so annoying. Um, and I wish it would have, I, I wish it would have been, yeah. Um, anyway, I'd give the Dark Knight trilogy the same problem. The same, same problem with the Dark Knight trilogy, for sure. There are very few sequences where this just, uh, you know, and, and it should, uh, I mean, I guess the Dark Knight Rises is, is a, or no, the Dark Knight is a lot better at it than Batman Begins and the Dark Knight Rises. The, the Dark Knight has some of those sequences um, where it's like, okay, we're, just, we're like, it's not like just a bunch of cutting in between a bunch of random shit, you know, it, it's like linear. We're sticking with these characters. We're going forward in time. We're, you know, we're like seeing the transitions between things going on. The cause and effect. And it's not split up by a flashback or a flash forward or a particle effect or all this other crazy shit, you know? Um, anyway, those are my thoughts on the movie. Um, Barbie, Barbie has, I have other thoughts on Barbie. Barbie is... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it in the 9 out of 10 sense. Um, but... Or I, 9 out of 10 in the sense that I enjoyed it. But on a... Tec- on a, on a uh, Technically, like technically as a film, it's pretty damn good, right? It is like solid. The set design's amazing. Choreography's amazing. Um, uh, costume design is Oscar-worthy. Like, really, really fucking good. Um... Oh, I think, by the way, I think uh, uh, Cillian Murphy should absolutely win for for uh, Best Actor. Or he's at least get a nom. I don't know who's going to be up for Best Actor this year. I don't think anyone in Barbie should go up for, like, Best Actor uh, for any reason. Um, Margaret Robbie should have won for I, Tanya. I don't remember if she did. I'm sure she was nominated, but, like, this this performance does not beat i Tanya in any way shape or form so i'm not gonna give uh, i wouldn't give her that same with ryan gosling i don't know why people love this guy so much i thought he was fine in this movie right but everyone's fucking like oh my gosh ryan gosling the best ken ken's the best part of of the barbie movie i'm like uh why i don't know what it is i just don't get it uh, with ryan gosling i don't fuck like <clears throat> i've enjoyed him in projects you know, like I've seen um, the nice guys that he's he's cool in that. I enjoy that. I don't like Drive. Um, I do like um, what's the other one? What are, I'm missing some other Ryan Gosling movies. Um, buh, 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 buh. movies, movies. Yeah, La La Land. He's cool in that. I still haven't seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I need to watch that. Um, Plays Beyond the Pines. He's fine in that, but. He's just Ryan Gosling. He's just like doing the fucking, you know, uh, thing, you know? Like he's exactly who the same character in Drive. Um and is performing and people say like, oh, he does like this subdued performance thing, but I'm like, Casey Affleck does that. And he and Casey Affleck, I think, blows Ryan Gosling out of the water when it comes to doing the subdued performance. Right? Not just for, not only for Manchester by the Sea, but Casey Affleck's in this movie, um, Oppenheimer too. And I'm like, yeah, somehow they made Casey Affleck seem menacing in a quiet way, 
right? Not in like some big grandiose way, but they made Casey Affleck menacing. I'm like, or not they made him. Casey Affleck can perform that role of of being that. And I thought that shit was really, really interesting. Um, that was a cool scene. Those are a couple of cool scenes to watch with him in it. Um, but if they put a Ryan Gosling, I'd have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't think Ryan Gosling could have pulled that off in, in, in the movie. Like, again, Barbie movie, he did a fine job. Great. Like, he played Ken. He did good. Right? But I don't know what it is about people who love Ryan Gosling so much. He can perform. Absolutely. But, like, not exceptionally, in my opinion. I've never seen him be an exceptional actor. You know? Or give an exceptional performance. Like, this is fine. Right? This is, he did what he was supposed to do to be Ken. And it was all good. Um, but yeah. Um, my, main, my main problems, my main gripes with the Barbie movie is the social commentary. Um, is it's messy. Right? Even for what I think they're trying to go for. I, even for what I think Greta Gerwig was trying to do is make of is make something that is like obviously feminist obviously like like uh empowering for women that kind of thing and like I don't knock that I can't knock that obviously right this movie's not meant for me to watch you know um but even in that in the pursuit of creating something with those goals I don't think they did a perfect job of that. Like, there's a lot of fucking weird holes about that. Like, like, what's wrong with, um, with wanting to take a break from leading the world, right? Like, in, in the, in Barbie land, they all fucking wanted to take a break. When they, they wanted to, they were brainwashed by the patriarchy that Ken brought into Barbie land to quit all their duties and become, uh, and become women who don't work, um, serve the men, but not, not serve the men in any way that's like meaningful, but is like bring them beers and do shit because there's no real meaning to, or, or, or like purpose to being in the, in the Barbie world anyway. Like, and then, and then they demonize that, and then in a way, and the way to combat it was to do the most toxic thing ever, which is manipulate the love interests, all the men, into thinking you're cheating so that they would fight each other and be torn apart. Is that really the feminist message we're trying to send? Like, is that the is that the women empowerment message we're trying to send here? And if not, if that's if that is what you're trying to make people think, like, oh, this is a, a, how not to do it, then you didn't force, you didn't like push that enough, you know, that idea of like, oh, this is meant to be not what you're supposed to do, you know. Um, and also like the whole perfection and like the, 
the tiptoeing of being like um I listened to I listened to a shoe on head video earlier. She she gave a review of it. Um and she brought up something that I thought was like really interesting. It was like she was like uh she said, This feels like a twenty fourteen movie. And I'm like, Yeah, I agree. Well, not, or rather, not rather that it feels like a 2014 movie. She said it feels more like an early 2000s comedy, but the commentary feels like a 2014 commentary, which is like really old shit that's been rehashed that we already know. Like, yeah, as a woman, you gotta be nice, but not too nice because then people think you're easy. You gotta be a boss, but you can't be uh, mean because then you're bitchy. That and you can't do like. And you can't be hot. You can, you have to be hot, but you can't be too hot because then you're trying too hard. But if you're not trying at all, then you're, uh, then you're gross and no one wants you and like all this shit. And like, we get it. That doesn't like, they're like, oh, being a woman in the real world is like so hard and like, sure, fine. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I don't think that's the kind of messaging that we need to, that we still need to, to, pursue these days i feel like at this point about a decade after the fucking beginning of the not the me too movement but like the or i guess the me too movement yeah we're almost a decade past that shit like i feel like we've evolved a little bit on our thoughts of like gender dynamics in the u.s at least or in the western world at least right like there could have been more commentary on like the like we didn't have to have a fucking catcalling conversation in a Barbie movie. I think again as a commentary on gender dynamics, because I don't think that like the, the literal opposite problem is happening is starting to crop up now of like women feeling weird because men don't approach anymore, right? And the only ones who do are the ones who are catcalling. But there was no talk. There was no mention of like oh. No one who is actually like a good person is willing to approach um and and like you know be proactive when it comes to courting quote unquote or like flirting or doing shit like that like that could be a problem I mean that could be a problem that is a problem also the idea that um a lot of women in in like high higher status women um say the top 50% maybe or top 30% feel like they can't find anyone to date because men because women are out earning men now and women have the standard of I want someone who makes equal or more and it's hard to find someone who makes equal or more when you're making more than you've ever made before also not just that but when those people who do make more than you don't give a fuck how much money you make and they're looking at the entire board of like of like earners and like that kind of thing right um there could have been a commentary on that that would have been a really interesting thing to have where like oh uh barbie doesn't want ken because ken doesn't bring anything to the relationship that that would have been interesting to explore but no it's barbie doesn't want ken because barbie just doesn't want ken which is like fine sure but like there could have been that layer of of uh Hey, I don't want him because because he doesn't contribute anything. He's not like they don't say any of this stuff. They don't say he's he. I mean, not say it, but like they don't present it of like, oh, he is actively toxic in a weird way. I mean, obviously he's like 
super dependent as like codependence and shit, that kind of thing, right? Not codependent, but like hyper dependence on on her approval. But like this in a world where he gets zero approval anyway, right? Um, there's a lot. Of, uh, my thoughts on this are really sloppy. I don't know how to communicate it properly. But I guess this is why I'm here. <laughs> it's to fucking figure out what to say about it. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, it 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 was a mess of like commentary. But again, I enjoyed it because it was fun. Um, I learned a bunch of shit about Barbie history. Um, I loved Will Ferrell <laughs> in in the movie. Uh, he was a fun character. I liked that they made the real world just as, oh, not just as, but almost. Like, hyper-caricature of what it is, right? Like, in real life, you know, with the whole Mattel shit and, like, the patriarchy shit and, like, uh, um, even the the two characters, the mother and the daughter, they were caricatures, absolutely. Like, those are not real people, <laughs> you know? Right? And I'm not even saying that they're not real people. Like, obviously, it's a movie, but even by movie standards, those are not real people. Like, the whole thing is just... Is, is, is a couple of steps removed from reality. Even movie reality, which made which made the whole thing feel a lot more like uh uh consistent and like it made a lot more sense. You know, the tone of it, the everything of it made a lot more sense. And it made all the characters a lot more sympathetic because it made it very obvious that yo, this is not meant to be any kind of representation of like, oh, the Barbie Barbie land is like obviously Barbie land and then the real world is just the real world and we can't mix the two. It's like, nope. Seems pretty easy to mix the two when you really fucking look at how, how these both both these worlds uh work, right? Um also I don't like the commentary that like it seems that like um Barbie Land is is perfect because it's run by women and like the real world is imperfect because it's run by men. That's kind of this not only hyper reductive, right? It it's just fucking wrong because Barbie Land wasn't perfect before. Like it was perfect in the sense that all the women in Barbie Land uh seemed to just enjoy life and shit and everything was perfect for them, but there was an underclass right and they didn't really uh, they kind they touched on the underclass of like okay us dudes like it's barbie and ken not it's barbie and it's ken like ken only exists to serve barbie so all the men in in barbie land exist to serve the barbies that that are there right they're only extensions of them which is like okay that's a cool parallel that you can draw from the bar from barbie land to the real world right that that's like a that's a cool parallel you could draw there. However, they didn't take it far enough. Like they didn't show any of the Barbies regretting or resenting or like wanting to make a change to make Barbie Land more equal as some kind of like commentary of like, hey, maybe we should make the real world as equal as Barbie Land is striving to be. Like they're trying to like, hey, we'll we'll like because they said something funny in the at the very end. They're like um, maybe in a few years you'll have as much power as, as women have in the real world or something. Men ha- will have as much power in Barbie land as women have in the real world. It's like, Hey, 
is that the thing to strive for? Or maybe the thing to strive for is, like, an ideal? Like, isn't that what the movie should be pursuing? But, you know, I don't know. Anyway, the commentary is sloppy, but the movie itself is really, really fucking fun. And I see why people are complaining about it and getting so many different signals about it. And like, oh man, it's a fucking liberal SJW movie. It's like, no, it's a, it's a, uh, incel movie about how, how men are, are not appreciated, but why do they have to be? Cause they're just fucking patriarchal and they'll take over everything. Like the whole thing is just commentary wise. It's a mess, but it starts a conversation. I think, um, again, I will watch this movie. I, I'll, I would be willing to watch this movie again, absolutely. So, 9 out of 10. I'll, I'll, I think I'll stick with that. You know what? 8 out of 10. I'm going to drop both these fucking movies to 8 out of 10. I just got to soften my my praise for both of them. Because 9 out of 10 movies, like... I don't... It's, it's hard for me to find problems with 9 out of 10 movies. And the only reason they're not 10 out of 10 is because they're like a genre that I don't normally watch or it's like, it's just something a little bit a step away, but otherwise it's like damn near perfect. It just doesn't hit me like inside out 10 out of 10, right? Up nine out of 10, right? Cause up doesn't hit me like the way inside out does, even though up is probably a technically better movie in terms of like story structure and all of those things. Potentially? Nah, Inside Out is a fucking masterpiece. So what am I even saying? <laughs> Inside Out is a masterpiece. Okay, Wally. Wally, I'll give a 9 out of 10. I know it's a perfect movie, but it's just not. Even though it's dystopian and has like the, the really existential and like fucking crazy shit that I enjoy, something about Wally just doesn't mesh with me. Um,. Even though I can recognize it's an amazing movie and like it has the emotional and is like technically is like perfect and all that shit, right? It just so I enjoy Inside Out more than I enjoy Wally. So, um, and both are like technically perfect movies. So I'll I give Inside Out the ten the ten out of ten, Wally the nine out of ten. Barbie and Oppenheimer they both get eights. I re- I revise this shit. They both get eights, not nines. Um. Anyway, I think that's all. Uh, what am I? What, what else is up with me? I watched um, a couple episodes of of what was it called? What was it called? Legend of Korra. What the fuck is wrong with me? Oh, I watched the last four episodes of season two with Natalie Gold on uh, YouTube. She's a react. I've mentioned her before. She's a reactor type person. She watches shit. Um, but in their entirety, so that's what I've been doing because I've addicted to Avatar. Um, she's not posting any new Avatar shit for the next two or three weeks, so it's gonna be a little bit of a break. But um, glad we got through season two because season three and season four obviously are fucking bangers, and I can't wait to watch those and watch her react to those and like cry all throughout the end of season three into season four like yeah and scream and yell and shout and do all that shit right 
Um, I don't know. What else is in my life? I did groceries earlier. Well, I ordered groceries. I got all my shit for like 20 bucks because my sister came in clutch with a with a discount code for Instacart. Um, so, yeah. That, that was pretty cool. I think that's all. I don't really have anything else to say. Um, yeah. 353. I'm about to brush my teeth and knock the fuck out. Night.